Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. But they have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And... It's goal time, baby. Welcome to the Champions YouTube friends. Drop in your comments and questions in the chat and make sure you hammer. And I mean hammer the like and subscribe buttons as we finally... Welcome back to Champions League to the House of Champions. Round of 16 got underway today. We cannot wait to review all of the action for you. With us in the house today, Nigel Rio Coker and Michael Lude. And from Parc de France, it is Jonathan Johnson. JJ, I'm coming straight to you. Let's get straight back into it, baby. It was uh, an interesting game for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, let us know your thoughts and overall feeling from inside the stadium. Yeah, it was a it was it was a very strange uh, match from a PSG point of view. I mean, obviously Bayern totally dominant and, and good value for their win. To be honest, it was strange. It was strange for me even like the the minutes or the hours building up to the game because sort of like in and around the stadium there wasn't sort of the usual kind of big match uh, atmosphere. Obviously, everyone saw the the tifo uh, performance from the ultras before the game, but even then, you know, the atmosphere it's kind of like everyone was waiting with bated breath for Mbappe to come on and actually influence the game. Now, you know, people were starting to murmur at Parc des Princes when they didn't see him warming up, uh, you know, and then he after a very, very poor first half from PSG, did come out to limber up, uh, you know, between uh, the, the two halves. And then once he was getting ready to come on, that's obviously when Coman scored a horrific mistake from uh, Donnarumma, unfortunately. But Mbappe's introduction, you know, really lifted the crowd. And it's I, I think this game, again, just emphasizes once more just how important Mbappe is to, to this PSG side because, you know, it was night and day. Uh, you know, PSG had two goals disallowed once he came on. You know, he put the ball in the net twice, once by VAR, once offside. Uh, you know, I think the only real other player who can really hold their head up high after what a disappointing performance would be someone like Nuno Mendes, Danilo Pereira, Sergio Ramos, uh, you know, because again, a lot of PSG's big names just didn't turn up and perform. That's not to take anything away from Bayern. You know, they controlled the game very, very well, very disciplined. Uh, could have had a couple of goals if Donnarumma hadn't pulled off some great saves, but, you know, he made a, a mistake at the moment and Combe comes back to haunt PSG once again, but not what the, the home fans were, were hoping for. Uh, and obviously PSG's, uh, you know, season is now hanging by a thread after that. JJ, would you say from the atmosphere there that there is an element of a lack of belief that Paris Saint-Germain can win this Champions League from just that game there? This is probably the, the biggest test that they've had today in the Champions League this year. And just you, you've experienced a lot of atmospheres at that stadium. What do you feel is the way to describe that atmosphere in the belief that is behind this Paris Saint-Germain team? Oh, no belief at this moment in time. I think it was, you know, <laughs> kind of symptomatic of the the, the awful form that was here at the moment. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it was difficult to, tr to try and like ascertain really whether the fans were holding back in order to try and send a message to the players uh, or, uh, you know, if it's just that really at the end of the day, people are just starting to give up, starting to, to sort of 
admit defeat now in this this PSG quest to win the Champions League. There's no guarantee. I mean, even if PSG were to get past Bayern in the second leg, it's an uphill task, obviously, at this moment in time. There's no real sort of belief, com- conviction that PSG you know, can actually go all the way and do it. Obviously, their chances are, are better and everybody knows that when Mbappe is fit and in the team. But even with Mbappe, you know, it looks like it's going to be extremely difficult for this PSG side to really, uh, you know, achieve anything until there, there, there are major changes made to the squad because he can't do it all alone. Yes, you know, he put the ball in the back of the net twice today and you have some players who can, uh, you know, uh, you know, sort of be a good supporting cast for him. But the yes. fans... The fans were waiting for Mbappe to come on. You know, they're not cheering with the same kind of fervor for for Neymar, for Messi. You know, they know Mbappe is well and truly the top dog at PSG, and PSG's Champions League chances live or die uh, with Kylian Mbappe's uh, availability. So, I do think that there is an air of pessimism around PSG and the fans at this moment in time, and it seems like there's going to need to be a lot of bridges mended uh, between now and the second leg if they're to stand any chance in Europe. JJ, so much is made about Mbappe, Neymar, Messi. When you talk about PSG, but one player that caught my eye, Warren Zaire Emery, youngster, got the surprise start. How would you rate his performance tonight? Because I thought he had some good moments. He did have some good moments. I mean, obviously, he still still looks very raw, as you'd expect from a 16-year-old. I don't think he looked overawed by the occasion, which is great because he is one of the brightest young talents to come through PSG's academy for some time. I think it was... Galtier maybe did him a disservice in where he played him because it's not really his position to be out wide on the right. But I think, you know, there were worse performers on the pitch uh, during the time that Zaire Emery was on the pitch. One of them, notably Carlos Soler, who I thought was absolutely yeah. abysmal for somebody who has such a strong reputation. Uh, you know, and I think at the end of the day, Galtier perhaps has to be more bold uh, in his decision certainly ahead of the second leg. And I, I would, again, start somebody like Isaiah Emery because I think he can bring more to that midfield uh, you know, than some of these other guys. Fabian Ruiz came on, uh, you know, really didn't impact the game in the way that many people would have expected him to. Vitinha's form has dropped off as well. Uh, you know, The only player, I think, that you can really not criticise in the PSG midfield this evening was Danilo Pereira. And that's because the kind of dogfight mentality that PSG came into this game with uh, you know, really suits guys like him, guys like Ramos. But you can see as well the importance of bringing in somebody like a Kimpembe to shore up that defence. Uh, you know, so I think for me, I wouldn't be concerned about Zaire Emery and whether he was thrown in at the deep end. I think he showed that he's definitely got the the chops to deal with it, definitely got the ability uh, to thrive at this level. I'd be putting greater question marks over some of the more experienced players. Obviously, losing Hakimi to injury as well uh, at the beginning of the second half, not ideal. Uh, you know, but too many, you know, poor performances again, you know, the likes of Neymar, you know, Messi only really came alive when Mbappe came on. I still don't think that you can get the best out of Mbappe, Messi and Neymar at the same time. All right. I always told you guys out there that there was something wrong with this Bayern Munich. So let's switch our attention over to this Bayern Munich who get the job done. 1-0 victory. Kingsley Coman. Uh, great to see him. He scored in three consecutive games now for Bayern Munich. Lovely assist from Davies as well. A uh, little statistic for you, JJ, as you jump in here. Kingsley Coman netted the winner for Bayern Munich tonight in his 50th Champions League appearance. It is also the 39th time that he's ended up on the winning side. The most wins by a player in their first 50 appearances in the competition history. This guy has a habit of scoring against Paris Saint-Germain. But overall, the outlook from Bayern Munich today. Now, I think we can all pretty much agree that they're missing that killer up top there. They're missing that Lewandowski. Chupo's not that guy. But what did it look like from the pitch side, basically, in the stadium, watching everything that was happening around, the way Bayern set up, the way they moved? They looked good in the first half. And when they were troubled in the second half, they still kept to the game plan, except for Pavard, who picked up that red card. Yeah, I mean, I think Pavard had uh, a, a pretty underwhelming game uh, and obviously got the red card at the end. I think he was lucky as well in the first half when he elbowed Neymar. Uh, you know, but I think the, the most interesting thing was, um, you know, Bayern going with that three-man defence, which basically turned into a four-back line at times, depending on whether they had the ball or not. Uh, I would say that, you know, once 
Bayern were tested at the back. PSG Zoma was absolutely superb. Uh, you know, a really, really smart pickup in January. Uh, and to me, he looked more like, uh, you know, somebody who could potentially challenge to be number one once Noria is back. I'm not convinced that he's going to be there to, you know, to be Noria's number two after this kind of performance. But, you know, Bayern, solid, composed. In th- this is one of the big differences between PSG and sort of Europe's true elite teams. Because Bayern, when you play for Bayern Munich, you know what it's like to, to represent the club on a big European night. You don't get flustered, even when you're not necessarily having the, the chances going your way or, you know, getting the goals that you're creation perhaps deserves uh, you know I thought that Chupo Moting put in a really good shift was unlucky obviously got denied by Donnarumma in the woodwork in the second half uh, you know but Bayern looks certainly like they uh, you know know what they're doing and they're a team that's probably going to grow into this second half of the season the other thing that I actually found really interesting was not starting with Muller and when Muller came on I don't think he actually added anything to this Bayern side at all I think they look better without him uh, and that just goes to sort of add to the point that I made about Neuer where you know, I think maybe Bayern are ready to move on from that, uh, you know, the, the sort of old guard. JJ, I think for me that um, Bayern were absolutely sensational. And I think when Ian says there's nothing quite, something not quite right at Bayern, we should just give him a bit of a custard pie because he talks a lot of crap. Um, they control the game. And I think you're right. When you look at clubs and history, and this is what we talk about when you say history, you have to build that history. Bayern Munich were players playing like they're built for this. This is what it means to play for Bayern Munich. These are the nights that they shine. These are the nights that they show their quality. And I would like to give a special golf clap to Musiala. I thought Musiala was absolutely sensational. And from a British perspective, I'm very jealous because it could have been him, Jude Bellingham and someone else in that England midfield. And imagine playing that trio as a three. What a midfield that would be. He is sensational for the age that he is, how he plays the game. He plays like a veteran already, brings so much to that Bayern Munich team. What a signing he is. And again, we go back to historic teams, like JJ says, with a real history in this competition and being big teams, they plan ahead and they've built for so long. Great signing by, by, uh, by Bayern Munich. And I'd like to add to JJ's summer signing as well, summer comment as well. Great pickup by Bayern Munich. We know now, goalkeepers are just as important as having a striker that can score 20, 30 goals a season. We know the importance of having a world-class goalkeeper, the difference of winning league titles, winning trophies, and that's what Bayern Munich did. Some are coming in, you won't feel that they've missed the beat in that department. Yeah, but Nigel, one thing Bayern did not do this game was get the killer blow. This game was there for the taking. They got the first goal, but the second goal, you keep a team like PSG alive, which is a no-no when you go back home. I thought, and I was disappointed with that in Bayern. They had chance after chance, especially when the game got stretched. I, I, typically, when games get stretched against PSG, it favors them. But in this tie, the way Bayern are structured, the way Bayern are compact defensively, they have the weapons to hit on the counter, and they will be disappointed to not take a larger lead. JJ, coming back to you, given what happened tonight at Parc de Prince, the disappointing result, it could have been a lot worse. Donnarumma has two massive saves. He gives up the, the, the howler of a goal, but he does come up big with two massive saves around the 60 and 65th minute to keep them in the tie. If you're Gautier, where do you go from here? Do you start Neymar as number 10 and Mbappe Messi up top? How do you really fix this ailing PSG team? Because this is their third game in a row that they've lost. Yeah, and obviously it's not uh, something that PSG are used to, that sort of, uh, you know, poor, consistently poor form. Uh, And it's difficult to really say what's going to fix PSG because... While I'm tempted to say going back to what was working for them earlier in the season, that 3-4-3, you know, I'm still not convinced that that'll necessarily be the solution. I mean, obviously having Kimpembe back, I think, will bring a bit of solidity to the defence. I'd go back to my earlier point. I'd like to see Galtier make some some bold decisions. I mean, let's let's also look at Galtier. I don't think you can put it all on the coach. But Galtier isn't somebody who has a track record in the Champions League. I think you saw that uh, in the way that he was quite risk-averse in this first leg. He was basically trying to keep PSG in it. And I guess, uh, you know, without the away goals rule and just being one goal down, you could say that PSG are still in this tie technically at this moment in time. They play like they did in this first leg. They won't be for much longer. But for me, I think if I was in Galtier's shoes, I'd make some bold decisions. I'd be looking at starting the likes of Zaya Emery in the build-up to that second leg. I'd also be looking at potentially a positional switch. I think that Marquinhos 
moving to defensive midfield like he used to under Tuchel would actually work a bit better. It would shore PSG up defensively because he doesn't look sure of himself at this moment in time. Uh, and I think it would, you know, give some, give, uh, you know, PSG almost two creators uh, at the base of the midfield because Marquinhos does actually have a very good passing range, which is, you know, many people don't associate him with. The other thing is, does Neymar want to play in the second half of the season or not? Because if he doesn't, stick him on the bench. He, he was ineffectual today. Uh, and I don't think PSG can afford to keep him as a passenger for much longer. I think for me, JJ and guys, the problem you've got with PSG is this. Yes, you're going to be a threat counter-attacking if Mbappe starts. We know Mbappe's not really fully fit, but he's got time to get his fitness up now for the second leg. But the problem you're going to have is, which what Bayern Munich exposed today is, the lack of pressing from up front. Bayern played from the back to front into midfield way too easy. There was no desire, no high pressing, no tempo from Paris Saint-Germain, and it's way too easy. And that's the problem that you have when you have so many superstars. Who's going to tell, is Gautier going to tell Neymar, Mbappe and Messi, I need more from you to press high, like a 17, 18 year old, to make these defenders feel uncomfortable? It's all great in counter-attacking situations that you can break and you can rely on that quality. But from the start of the game, how Bayern Munich dominated, that is the problem you're going to have. PSG don't have that kind of desire to press in there. And once Bayern Munich get through you from the back into that midfield, they're a dangerous side as well. So that, for me, is the big problem for PSG, the pressing from the front. I think it's also a very interesting point, Nigel, as to how they're going to approach this uh, second leg. Because in the first 45 minutes, zero shots. I mean, you had a messy free kick, which hit the wall, was the only shot that PSG had in that first half there. The tactical approach, like you pointed out, Nigel, very well. What was it? You know, we were all kind of confused. And even the commentators were confused that, you know, JJ, you pointed out on your social media platform that PSG taking an away game approach here. It was unusual to see Paris Saint-Germain playing at home playing like this. I just I found it very confusing. So I'm really intrigued to see how they tactically approach the second leg. I will say this, Bayern do give up goals. They do give up opportunities. And clearly you could see today that if Paris Saint-Germain had their shooting boots, there would have been a great opportunity for them to have pulled a goal back in this tie. Um, but I mean, the problem right now lies with Paris Saint-Germain. And Optus just put out a great stat here. Paris Saint-Germain have lost five of their 11 games in all competitions Oof. in 2023. Already more than the whole of 2022. JJ, how do you expect Paris Saint-Germain to approach this second leg? And here's the question. You just alluded to it a moment ago. Do you bench Neymar? I mean, I think unless his form really, uh, you know, goes through an uptick uh, in the next couple of weeks, you know, I think it's something that Galtier cannot rule out. Uh, you know, in fact, you know, I'd even be erring towards that at this moment in time. I think the, the good thing about this, especially sort of without the, the away goals rule anymore, is PSG have absolutely nothing to lose when they go to Munich. They have gone to Munich and won in recent years, so it's not something that, you know, they have no previous in. You know, I also think it's, it's PSG best you know, trying to just go out there, use all of their firepower to try and damage teams and get as many goals as possible. Because at the end of the day, PSG are not going to win this and go through in the tie with a good, solid defensive performance. They don't have that in their locker at this moment in time with the current personnel. So they have to go out there, try and blow Bayern away. Not going to be easy, certainly not based on, uh, you know, on tonight's evidence. But, uh, you know, I think that's all that PSG and Galtier can really do. The, the problem for them is that game now is absolutely make or break for their season. Because if they don't succeed, uh, you know, then the campaign is over. I, I wouldn't bench Neymar because look at what happened when Mbappe came on the field. Mbappe coming on the field looked like Caesar entering Rome again. The, the golf clap for him for that moment right there. Because I, 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 I hadn't seen Parc de Prince like that since uh, Le Classique, where they did very well. But, since 22. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but remember, Neymar was the one who played that incisive pass to Nuno Mendes that almost set up the equalizing goal. Neymar at the attacking midfield position, I don't think Bayern will have an answer for that in the second leg. When all three are restored, all powers are restored, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think there's way more to this tie than meets the eye. The fact that Bayern did not get the second goal will have to PSG knowing that they got let off the hook and chopping at the bit to, to rectify this result. I'm all for superstars. I think Neymar and Messi and Mbappe, these type of players, they're generation players. Like you can't coach what they have. But thinking wise, think about the game. You can't play players like that together because there's an element of professional football that we know is high tempo, high energy, high level. If they're not going to work hard 
off the ball to press and make things happen, you've got no chance in the modern game because the most average players will make it difficult for you. That's Bayern Munich's problem, in my opinion. They do not have the energy and the tempo to press from the front, which is what top teams do. And you've got too many superstars. I personally feel it's time Neymar leaves PSG. Neymar has to go. He left Barcelona for a reason, to get out of Messi's shadow, to be his own man at PSG. And what happens? Mbappe comes and Lionel Messi comes. Neymar's not his own man. He wanted to be his own identity and it hasn't worked out and he hasn't picked up his form since the World Cup. There's no denying the talent that he has. But for me, it's time he goes. You have to bench Neymar. It's not working. You need youth. You need high energy. If you're going to get anything out of this Bayern Munich game, you have to make Bayern Munich uncomfortable at the back. That's the Nigel Real Cooker I love right there. Bring it, baby. GG. Up it up. Let's get out of here. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Nigel talking about youth and, uh, you know, and vibrancy and, uh, and and pace. Basically, everything that Nuno Mendes has in his locker, because I don't know how it seemed to you guys watching on TV, but that pace that he used to rip into Bayern in the second half, you know, that that is brilliant. You know, every bit sort of the modern wing back, uh, you know, that kind of thrives in that 3-4-3 setup that I mentioned earlier. So I think you need more of those kind of players, uh, you know, sort of built into this PSG system for it to really function properly. Neymar can make those kind of passes in the build-up to that chance in his sleep. If he actually applies himself, he can do so much more than that and that I think is where the frustration lies with Neymar but when you've got guys like Mendes who are performing consistently giving everything defensively as well as going forward I think you have a chance of really really hurting Bayern in that second leg yeah some great comments coming in as well here we'll jump to a few of them here Vic saying just get them out of here leave question mark uh, think again £606,000 a week good luck with that Nigel Rio Coker <laughs> Neymar needs to go somewhere and not flop BX Gunner 81 is saying I'm electing to bench and Neymar says Rafa Matt Osman saying I'd let him go to Carnival send him on his way to Carnival feels like he played with a Carnival atmosphere today and then Daniel I think he agrees with you right there Nigel as well so a lot of great comments from our people out there. Appreciate everyone for jumping in the comment sections. Uh, golf clack for Jonathan Johnson for joining us today. We gotta let him go. Uh, he's got a glass of wine waiting for him. He probably needs one after that PSG performance. Glass before we do go to break, Mike, just real quickly, <laughs> yeah. before we do go to break, did you see and listen to the pregame show on Paramount Plus where Peter Schmeichel revealed that his son almost signed for Bayern Munich? Did you catch that? No, I didn't, but I did now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Almost what a move. What a move that would have turned out to be. But John Summer, he's capitalized on it, capitalizing on it at a crucial time for Bayern in the Champions League and Bundesliga. <laughs> All right, JJ, have a great night. Thank you so much for joining us from Paris. I uh, hope you have a fantastic <laughs> night. Thank you for the great work, as always. Make sure everybody go follow Cheers, him guys. on his social media platforms. <clears throat> Uh, Nigel, Mike, stick around. There's more to come from the boys. Everybody out there will be turning our attention to Milan. It was AC Milan against Spurs. That game, not so great for Spurs. How's the champions? We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Don't miss a second of the action from the greatest club competition on earth, the Champions League. Follow the biggest stars from the world of soccer like Lionel Messi, Karim Benzema, Victor Osman, and Erling Haaland as they try to clinch the most prestigious prize in the game. Stream every match from the Champions League live only on Paramount+. Plus. Try one month free with the promo code advance let us turn our attention everybody as we welcome you back to house of champions with ian joy nigel rio coker and michael lahood great to have jj joining us today but i want to let you know boys that this is a very mm. important show for me today it's kind of a milestone show for me Ooh. today first and foremost champions league is back so golf clap for that one right there 
It is also Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there, including no, no, boys, no, your families me, as well. I don't believe in that Valentine's Day nonsense. Keep it moving. Go, not, go on, Ian. Just go buy on cards in. or flowers. <laughs> <laughs> go, go on, Ian. You're doing well before that. It is also my daughter Alessandra's birthday today. She ah, turned eight years old. That's clap, nice. Clap to that one. And also, this is my personal 100th appearance on House of Champions. Oh, joining no you today. 100. Yes, it's bro. amazing what you can achieve in 90 days. 100 appearances on House That's of Champions. Brilliant. Great to be with you. Great to be with you, boys. And great to be it with everybody Because Des, Des is your best friend. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got friends in high places, Nigel. If you just had friends, that would help you for sure. Let's turn our attention to the big one that took place in Milan today. It was the first leg of the round of 16. AC Milan taking on Tottenham Hotspur. Brahim Diaz, Nigel, was the difference maker in this game. Diaz, the first player to score a Champions League knockout round goal for AC Milan since Kaká did it back in 2014 on loan from Real Madrid. Mm. Um, Well played by Hernandez on the wings to set up the goal here. Not great defending from Tottenham Hotspur. Not a great performance from Spurs at all. Let us know in the comments, Spurs fans, if you're out there, what you thought, if you hate Spurs. They're hiding under a rock. But Nigel, what was your (laughs) thoughts on Tottenham Hotspur and the result at the end of the day? Congrats to Milan. Bitterly disappointed, Ian Joy. Absolutely disappointed. You know, Tottenham are a team that's capable, but they're absolutely Mm. shambolic. And maybe it might be a case that these big games are just a bit too big for Tottenham. You could say that, But then on the other hand, you look domestically, it wasn't too long ago they beat Manchester City. Then from beating Manchester City in a very convincing performance, dominant performance, they go and lose to Leicester 4-1. And it just goes to show the inconsistency of Tottenham. And this is why they are the bottom of all jokes in England that Tottenham not be able to win anything. This was an AC Milan team there for the taking because AC Milan also just look as shambolic as Tottenham. Mike, you can shake your head (laughs) on. We watched AC Milan in Serie A. They haven't been very convincing at all. No, they've been they've like not been. Today was their best performance of the season, though, Nigel. They today, yeah, okay. today. And that's my I've, point. I've, it was a, it I've was, got a point was, to that. It was a performance that I expected a reaction from Tottenham from their loss right. against Leicester. Because they're mm-hmm. both teams very similar in the inconsistency side of things. But again, very, very disappointing performance from Tottenham. Credit to AC Milan. They're starting to show that grit, that character again. And um, they're starting to show the quality of players that they have and why they are chasing a Serie A title. But I just, Leon, I'm just lost for words. Honestly, like yeah. for me, it's just Tottenham. Me Tottenham are poor. They're very poor. And I'm sure we're not going to have any Tottenham fans in our chat because they're all hiding under a rock <laughs> and it should be embarrassed. But you can't even defend Tottenham or say anything about it. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't defend that because this wasn't an outstanding AC Milan team. Mm-hmm. They've been facing difficulties themselves. So you'd expected a better performance, but it's just typical Tottenham. This is what to expect. I agree with you, Nige, about Tottenham fans hiding under a rock. Shout out to my uh, good friend, Stefan Ferrolton. He's hiding. No, he's in Philadelphia, so you can catch him at the local <laughs> pub hiding in the bar. Steph, love you. No hard feelings. When I look at this match, what struck me about Tottenham is Tottenham and the Tottenham Hotspurs will continue to do what they do. They are slow starters, not just in Premier League matches, but in the Champions League. If you do that, the group stages, you can only get away with it for so long until you get found out. They got found out against a Milan team that looked back to what they do best. They defend from back to front, and when they get their one chance, they hit you where it hurts. Teo Hernandez, this is back-to-back games where he looks more like himself. The Teo Hernandez that we saw before the World Cup came and went. What I liked about it is they targeted one of the vulnerable players on Tottenham Hotspur since the World Cup, Christian Romero. I think a play that will have a big say in the second leg, That now that it's only 1-0, the challenge that he had. I think that's a red card. Still do not know how that is not a red card. Those are the little decisions that add up in a second leg and across a two-game tie. But for Milan, they will be kicking themselves in how they did not double up this lead. I think of the center back, Tiao, who had that wide-open header. He, Him and Simon Kahar were two of my votes for man of the match. The work they did on Harry Kane, first class. Kahar, using his experience, doing well, went to body. Little went- elbow. Yeah, you know, elbow's part of the game. Ian, yep. you're a defender. You know it, Nige, you were the pit bull in midfield. I know both of you know that. But kudos to Milan. They brought their physical energy. They used the pace of the midfield two under Olivier Giroud, who was not the most active, but he didn't need to be because the rest of the team showed up. 
A uh, couple of great comments coming in here. Vic says, we love to see the Spurs lose. That is Vic, the Chelsea fan right there. Rafa saying, Tottenham are a wreck. You just saw it pop up a moment ago. Kane has to leave. Interesting comment right there. Uh, Daniel also jumping in and saying, I'm proud of my AC Milan with this win. It's a much needed win and the best they could wish for. However, Leal missed a huge opportunities. He needs to focus on his football, not his rap career. Could have been 2-0. I'd also throw this in, Daniel, as well. De Ketelare... He had a header which he should have oh. scored with after the little layoff from Olivier Giroud. He should have done better with that one there. And Tuchel Iban, he just says, Spurs are absolutely beep. Go ahead, Nigel. <laughs> Ian, I did, wait, Rafael Leao has a rap career. I had no idea he raps. Neither did he. listen at the end of the day we must not forget that Spurs obviously in a bit of a problem right now there was a couple of debuts for Spurs today nice Mm. to see Saar on the pitch for them Dyer will miss that second leg with the accumulation to yellow cards Um, you also have to say that maybe Maybe the goalkeeper was missed yeah. today a little bit here, Larice. I'm not saying that Forster could have done much better with the goal, but I think Spurs could have defended better. Maybe that comes down to communication. Um, so yeah. a bit missed there. But what about Hoiberg? Hoiberg was a big loss for me today. I missed that appetite, that bite, yeah. that desire, that passion in midfield that he brings, that never-say-die attitude. And I also thought that many times today, Mike, yeah. that Harry Kane looked a little bit lost. He kept drifting out wide. He kept trying to pick up balls deep, getting free kicks, but nothing around the penalty area. So it's either service or it's his desire to just get himself into a better position further up the field. Or it could be the way Milan defended. I think they did well. The mid, the midfield too, Tonali in particular, having great positional sense. When you play against Italian teams in the knockout stages of the Champions League, you know you are going to have to work for it, especially when you go to a place like San Siro. Good note on you by notifying how Harry Kane, I think he really had to drop deeper to find possession. And when he does that, the likes of Yin Min Song missing in action for much of this game. Ivan yeah. Perisic, he looked most likely. He had a couple chances where he broke in behind, but it was that lack of quality that we've seen consistently from Tottenham Hotspurs in a competition like the Champions League that really bit them in the backside. They cannot afford to do this at home because not only will the Champions League turn on them, but their home fans will if they do this again. Nigel, this one's yeah. coming right for yeah. you. Hold on one second. Liam, he's, he's jumping straight for you, Nigel. He says, I thought one that wasn't so bad considering our form and no Bentancur, which is a great point right there. Serious mm-hmm. injury for him. Not an easy watch, but we need to beat them at home. I'll take the result, but not the performance. Liam, it's a great point right there. But Nigel, you've not been impressed with this Spurs side and expected that big response, which just didn't come today. They've got the players. And I agree with Liam. I think Bentacor, like you just said there about Harry Kane, not getting Bentacor and Hoiberg, big, big loss. Harry Kane and Hoiberg have a great understanding. As much as Hoiberg is the pit bull of Tottenham, he still has that ability to find Harry Kane and make those passes. And that was missing. That was massively missing in this Tottenham side. But still, we can't make excuses for Tottenham. They're a team that's competing for top four in, in the English Premier League, wanting to compete to try and win this competition. They have players. They have players. There should be no excuse whatsoever for the performance. But the performances haven't been great for such a long time. At first, when the season started, we gave them a pass because they were grinding out results and that's what happens. As long as you're winning, people are happy. They're winning, they're winning. Then once they stopped winning, then people started to pay a lot more attention to the performances. Now the performances come to the front of the line and now it's an issue. But for me, reality of it, any Tottenham fan would say for the quality and the talent that they have, they're absolutely underachieving. And I don't I don't like it so much as well when players say, especially you, Michael, and all that, oh, mm. you look at the injuries and this and that. These are Premier League squads. They have squad deeps of 30 or 40 players now. They should have enough talent that they have recruited to be okay. I don't like that whole, oh, these, they're missing this play, he's injured. No, yeah. it's football. You're going to get injured. Make yourself or make your squad good enough that you've got enough people who can come in. We just talked about Bayern Munich early. You look at the substitutions of the players that got that can come and affect uh, a team that's doing well like they haven't missed a beat. Yeah, great point. Well said right there. And uh, we have someone who agrees with you finally on the comment section. That is Vic. He says, spot on, Dr. Nigel right there. One of the comments of the day comes in from BXGunner81. He says, Tottenham against Milan was like being visually tortured. Thanks very much for the comment right there. Uh, Anything else to add, Mike, before we move on? Actually, what I would like to ask you is Hmm. maybe just a point here. Do sports go through? They still got a chance. I mean, you wouldn't give them a chance given how they played in the group stages. I don't see it happening based on how fresh this game is, but they still got a chance. Milan have not been good 
away from home in the UEFA Champions League. You have to remember that. This is still a young AC Milan side. And that youth factor might bite them in the bum in the second half in the second leg. But man, Tottenham Hotspurs. I, I said it in the preview leading up to this game. Whichever team got the result ahead of this game would win this tie. Our producer Des, you can roll the tape. I said that. I think whichever team gets the result again after this tie will have momentum and win the second leg. Nigel, you do you think you agree with that? I agree with Michael. For once, Michael's actually talking sense, and I hope oh, it's boy, not his missus that gave him the notes. But here we are. Here we go. I think <laughs> the big the big difference for me, Ian, is White Hart Lane. White Hart Lane's going to know what's at stake, and that atmosphere is going to be absolute electric. And I think that's going to be the advantage. Like we said already, Milan didn't do enough today to put this game to bed. Tottenham do have a chance, and the fans are going to let them know what's at stake at White Hart Lane. Yep, I agree with you both right there. I actually think that Tottenham go through in this tie. And even from today, Tottenham had a lot of opportunity, had more shots than uh, the home side did. I just think at home, in front of their own supporters, a bit more um, aggression, a bit more passion behind them. I think you'll see more from a Tottenham side, especially in that final third, where I thought they were really poor today. Really poor. I was disappointed with the goal they conceded. I love how aggressive Milan were getting that goal and how they celebrated it. It was. I'm really happy for uh, Diaz as well, getting that goal, because I think he's been you know, someone who's desperately needing that confidence booster playing in this team right now um but i'm really excited about the second leg i think both of these games are setting up perfectly for the second leg okay let's turn our attention to the games that are taking place uh, tomorrow we're looking forward Ooh. to these ones we begin with borussia dortmund against chelsea we also have brugge ben uh, benfica which is another game to look forward to but i want to start off here mike with uh, the comments that graham potter made today uh, about being angry um this is in his press conference. I conduct myself in a way I believe I should. If you think you can start a coaching career in the ninth tier of football and get to the Champions League with Chelsea Football Club without being angry or getting nice, I'd suggest you don't know anything about <laughs> anything. Now, I'm not going to say much here except for I absolutely loved that Yes. Comment gets a big applause from me because I have also been maybe not as low as the ninth tier of football, but I've been in the lower leagues of football. And I know mm. you got to be angry at times to get to the big stages, but are there cracks are starting to appear right here with Graham Potter? What's going on? Well, it's about time he stand up for himself. He's been a silent figure getting crapped on. I mean, geez, I've crapped on him and I've been waiting for him to get a reaction, to give a reaction. This guy, literally what he's saying is put some mofo respect on my name. Look at the job he's done to Bright with Brighton. This is a guy who is here for a reason. He was scouted. He was brought in to make change at Chelsea Football Club. I think that this is going to be one of the biggest game, if not the biggest game of the season for Chelsea Football Club tomorrow against a Borussia Dortmund team that's some days they're the Jekyll and Hyde of Champions League. Some days they look like world beaters. I know they're in the title race with Bayern right now. They've snuck up in there. But some days they look like world beaters. The next day they look like the worst team you've ever seen. Very, very talented team. One player who does not get enough credit since the World Cup break. I know we talk about Jude Bellingham, Marco Royce coming back, getting healthy. Hopefully he stays healthy. I think he will be key. Sebastian Haller getting back in the fold, is Rafael Guerrero. This guy has been the assist king in the last, what, two, three weeks. Look for him to be a factor, especially with how Chelsea are so just dependent on the outside backs getting forward. Reese James or Rafael Guerrero, that will be a matchup to watch tomorrow. Nigel, what are you expecting from this game? What am I expecting from this game? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm expecting another typical Chelsea performance of the players are still trying to work out what's what. I have no idea what team's going to start. It's been like that in the Premier League. I like Graham Potter. I really do. But for me, he's gone in being the nice guy, being the guy that he is. But when you go into clubs like Chelsea and Man United, you have to be your authority. And I think when you look at the difference, Eric Ten Hag at Manchester United, he stamped his authority. He let people know who he's boss. I don't think Graham Potter's done the same thing at Chelsea yet. I think he's trying to probably be too friendly with these players. And when you do that, it's just like anything. It's like in Animal Kingdom, when the lions hunt the weakest link and this and that. So you need to stamp your authority. And I think now we're starting to see a reaction because people in the press and the media, Ian knows, are kind of questioning his authority. That's the problem he's got at Chelsea right now. I think, honestly, I don't even know what team to expect from Chelsea. I think Kukure has been a bit of a liability. Every time I see Chelsea play, they're always going down his side. They see him as a vulnerable player. He's not the same since he's left Brighton. And that is yep. Chelsea's weak link that where all teams try and expose. Watched them against West Ham this weekend, and they were lucky. They were fortunate at the end of it. 
Now, Felix, for me, has been the catalyst that they need, but they still need to put a team around him. He has been absolutely sensational in just two games that I've seen him for Chelsea. I still personally see them very vulnerable. Graham Potter really and truly doesn't know what his best starting lineup is. And I think that's the problem. I see a Borussia Dortmund sign coming back alive and I see this Borussia Dortmund sign being very dangerous. And again, just like you see Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund are a team that changes attitude when it comes to Champions League. Domestically, you can question them. But when it comes to Champions League, these are the nights that you put on that shirt. These are the nights the fans live for. And these are the nights that these players raise their standard of performance and their levels. Uh, Nigel, you can tell your missus to put her phone down. Uh, her name on the comment section is Mick right now. Uh, thank you, Dr. Nigel. No additional comment necessary. <laughs> Great to hear from you, Vic. Oh, Rafa said, uh, Enzo looks good, but no one can score for Chelsea. Uh, Borussia yeah. Dortmund will definitely score one or two in this game. Dortmund and Chelsea, that should be an absolute shootout, says BX Gunner right there. He's also saying that Mudrik cooks in these games and Matt jumping in. Mm. Dortmund are leaky at the back. I agree with you. Problem for Chelsea is they simply don't score goals here. Mike, final question is about this game is basically it's the Champions League and there are players who simply turn up on the big stage Nigel mm -hmm. knows what I'm talking about you have players who are great in training you have players who are pretty good in the league but when you get to these big cup competitions and it's the next level the elite competition there are certain players who simply always turn up should we expect that from Chelsea tomorrow in your opinion there's one player who's going to turn up Enzo Fernandez. I think the fact that he got an assist on the Jao Felix goal will give him that bit of confidence and also that bit of just relaxation, that pressure being off his shoulders. Got his debut, got that assist in the Premier League, and I thought he was good on his debut. Took it one step further getting the assist. I look for that midfield matchup between he and you talk about Mr. Champions League, Mr. Dortmund for all we care, Jude Bellingham. That's where the game's going to be decided. Those two, two young players going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, you can't ask for a better matchup for two teams that I think are going to give us a show. I'm just going to tell you right now, Mr. Dortmund is Marco Royce, and he says don't ever say that Jude Bellingham is Mr. Dortmund <laughs> ever again about his football club. It is El Capitano, who I think has to play a big role today. It'll be interesting to see how Sebastian Allaire performs. Mukoko's yeah. been ruled out for about six weeks with an injury, which loss. is really unfortunate for him. Um, but I'm really excited. I think we might see a chance of seeing Julian Brandt play. I don't think we see Gio Reyna start the game. I think he comes off the bench. We might see Ariemi start this game as well yeah. on the wing. Um, but defensively, who starts in that centre-back position? I would expect it to be Zule and Schlotterbeck by the way oh. not good just nowhere <laughs> near as far as I'm concerned they've been great winning games recently but when it comes to this level Chelsea have to attack this defence because if but, they don't they're missing a big opportunity Yeah, and Ian that's the point you're making though who have Chelsea got that's going to score these goals who's the real yes. goal threat they don't have it so really and truly you can go with average centre-backs and not have to well, worry too much well I, I wouldn't say that just yet Nige, if you watch the goals that Dortmund are conceding, it's alarm bells. The fact that they have the talent Mike, and the attack up front, they're getting away with some of the poor performances. Okay, that's domestic. This is the Champions League. That's this my point. Is it's a, the Champions it's a different League, mindset. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm telling you, it's a different mindset that players have in the dressing room. And especially some players where when it comes to big games, they turn it on. And they're the same players when you're like, oh my God, he's amazing. But when it comes to teams that they should be dominant against, they're non-existent. So it's Mark, like Mark, Ian said, it's the Champions League. You're going to see a different performance. Mark my words on this. Slaughterback, liability in this match. <laughs> liability at left back, liability at center back. Not the best partnership between he and Sula. I think that we're going to be talking about this after the final whistle. Said it here first. Yeah, but they got to attack them, though. And that's the problem. And first and foremost, in front of the yellow wall, you got to get the ball from them as well. Quick prediction from you guys. What are we expecting score-wise here, Nigel? Tight game. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Dortmund win. ML? 2-0 uh, Dortmund. 3-1 Dortmund. I'm going for it. You just Sorry, said Dortmund had a crap back four and now you're back in... No, wait, no. Wait, did you just back Dortmund? Hold on a sec. Wait, wait, did Michael just back hold Dortmund? Hold on a sec. Yes, hold did on Michael a sec. Just back... Okay, no, I'm going Chelsea. Yes. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. We do have to mention there that Benfica are playing away to Club Brugge. Yeah. Benfica obviously in good form, except for getting knocked out of the Portugal Cup just recently um, against Braga. That one went all the way to penalty kicks and uh, I actually watched that game. It was very frustrating as well. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they are a good side right now and they are heavily favoured against Brugge, Bruges, who have Scott Parker now in charge. And I think Scott Parker 
Mike should change his name to Scott Draw Specialist Parker because the way he's going about his business in Belgium is he's drawing a lot of games. Would a draw be a good result? Are you expecting a draw from this game or do you think Benfica far too strong? I think Benfica, Benfica far too strong. The one player from Brugge that could be the difference maker is their leading goal scorer, Hans Vaneken. His runs from midfield, I said in the preview leading up to this tie, his runs from midfield have been the difference for them. In attack, also shout out to former MLS man, Tejan Buchanan. This could be the sort of game, I know it's experience factor, but this could be the sort of game out wide where he can make a little bit of magic. He will have to be solid, and the whole team will have to play the game of, our, of their lives to get a result. Nigel, thoughts? I don't have much to add, Ian. I just think Benfica too strong. Too strong, too good. We gave credit to Club Rouge at the start of how well they did and how they've exceeded expectations with such a young side and, you know, the recruiting of the great young talent that they've got. But I think this is going to be a bit too far for them and a bit too much. You know, the Benfica have the great balance of experience and youth and top-class players. I think it's this is where the journey ends for Club Rouge, in my opinion. Very interesting, though, in this first leg. It doesn't look like Gonzalo Ramos is actually going to play. It looks like he's going to return late February. So that's a big loss for them. And mm -hmm. also, let's not forget, that they do have Noah Lang. They do have Iaremchuk, who's been very good for Club Brugge, um, except they do have uh, also Mignolet in goal. So it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. Uh, before we do go, um, guys, great show, as always. I just wanted to ask you a quick question, Nigel. Um, Vincent Company doing a pretty good job. Got a late equalizer today for Burnley against Watford. Um thoroughly deserving right now their massive lead in the championship and getting back to the prem deserve it doing a great job i hope he gets recognition he deserves that's the thing you know you've seen some of these premier league jobs becoming available and his name never really gets mentioned so uh why is that though why is that though i know vincent well obviously he spent a bit of time at hamburg while i was playing in hamburg and uh what a fantastic leader he is man well, maybe he might not admit or not, but you can see there's a huge difference between black and, and white managers and opportunities that gets presented. And that's just yeah. the reality. You know, uh, Vincent's doing well. He's earning his stripes. He's It's not easy, mm -hmm. the championship. But anyone listening, it is not easy. The championship is one of the most difficult leagues to get out of. Ian and I have experience yep. of that league. It is tough. And to do what he does, not many teams have run away with the championship like he's doing this year. You talk about the great Portmouth sides, the great Fulham sides of under John Tigonet, but what he's doing, he deserves a lot more credit. And Premier League jobs are coming available, but yet his name's never being mentioned. And again, it's a difference because he's a black manager and white managers generally get a lot more opportunities than, than black managers do. I think that's a, that's a well said, Nigel. And even better on company, this is a player who's going to be in the Premier League Hall of Fame because of what he's done with Manchester City. Part of that just turnaround that we see Manchester City or not Manchester City without the leadership and the performance of, of Vincent Company. For a player like him, former player like him, to be a manager now, to cut your teeth in the championship, better to do that and make your way in the Premier League and really earn that respect than to be given a big job. We've seen Wayne Rooney, Frank Lampard be given jobs that they aren't really cut out for just yet. They haven't earned the stripes. Good on him. I hope he has continued right. success. Let me just add this before Ian jumps in. Jesse Marsh, and I like Jesse, just mm -hmm. got sacked from Leeds, and now he's the favorite to take over Southampton. Two teams in the relegation zone he hasn't even had a week or two off, and yet you don't want to look outside of it. But yet Nathan Jones got a look in, but you don't want to look at Vincent Campany who's sitting top of the league with Burnley. You know, and it just goes to show about the lack of opportunity. 92 professional league clubs in England, Vincent Campany, uh, Darren Moore, and I believe Leon Rossini are the only three managers in 92 professional league clubs in England. Wow. Yeah, listen, it's a crazy statistic, but maybe this could be a blessing in disguise because Mike had pointed out a great fact here. You see a lot of coaches and, and White as well. We can mention that as well. Big names getting jobs in the Premier League. And um, Vincent Company has had to be patient, go all the way back to his homeland, then come back to England. Now look at the success. I can't even begin to imagine what he has learned from that experience. Mm. Going back to coaching the homeland, then in the championship, as you pointed out, it is, it is without a shadow of a doubt, the hardest league in the world to ever get promoted out of because this of the grind. 100%, Ian, and you're right. And let me just add, again, I forgot Patrick Vieira. And that's a great yeah. point there that Kishon just made there. Vieira had to go to MLS, from MLS to France, then to get a job in the Premier League, where he's not getting a lot of money, but what he's doing with Crystal Palace and the football they're playing you can't say, you know what, he's not doing a great job because they're playing great football. They might not be getting the results, but they're still playing great football. And that's just the difference of the long journeys he's had to do. Patrick Vieira is more decorated than Lampard and Gerrard mm -hmm. in things that he's won in his career. But he's still had to start the hard way. While you keep seeing names like that get brought up for jobs 
without having to do that journey. I know a player right now that's managing at Bournemouth, Gary O'Neill. How was his captain at England under 21? Got his badges, mm-hmm. went to Liverpool under 23s, then from Liverpool under 23s, went to Bournemouth as Scott Parker's assistant, and now he's managing the Premier League. Hasn't won a game in, in 11 or 12, hasn't won one game, and he's still in a job in the Premier League. But there's other qualified black players. I mean, I don't want to get into it deep, but... It's Listen, just we, we, we could have a massive show about yeah. this. And I think obviously yeah, you guys have already done that, but we should actually absolutely get into this a yeah. little bit more at some stage, especially when it comes to a Vincent company who's proving himself right now at Burnley Football Club. And I wanted to point out because of the job that he's doing so successfully. And I'll also say this, Nigel, do you really want the Southampton job over Burnley right now? I'm not sure he'd take <laughs> No, you that don't. Job. But still, it's just about recognition, Ian. That's the thing. You yes. just want the Name be mentioned. Yeah. Some of these names they're going for, you're like, what? What, what have they done? Like, you, you, we get the qualifications. We do the jobs. We get poor jobs and we do it and still do well. But you still don't get the recognition. You still get overlooked over yep. other players who haven't had to put in the grind. Can I just say he's doing great work then, though? If you look at what he's doing at Burnley, he's representing right now, putting great performance. He's keeping his mouth shut. What he's doing is just putting in the great work and the results are showing to everybody out there. Mm -hmm. So that's the championship. And that also wraps up our Champions League show. Thanks to everybody out there for watching House of Champions. I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, Thank you to everybody out there for listening to House of Champions. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. We're also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Nigel, great stuff as always. Mike, fantastic stuff as always. I appreciate both of you. Big thank you to Jonathan Johnson who joined us from Paris. We will be back again following tomorrow's matches. We cannot wait to come back with you as we wrap up the first legs of the Champions League on Tuesday and Wednesday with the round of 16 getting underway. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.